0: Hello, and welcome to another episode, new episode, brand new episode of Live from the Pool House. We are live from said pool house. I am one of your hosts, T.L. Foster, and I um, am not a Meryl Street type, and I would like it if you don't call me as such. Uh, And we are joined by uh, my co-host,
1: Queen Sonia here, Yay!
0: (laughs) uh and today we have a very special guest uh one that i definitely wanted to get on and i'm going to let her introduce herself
2: from north philadelphia born and raised (laughs) (laughs) am i the first like actual philadelphian on the show i think so Uh,
0: yes yes that is true (laughs) i have i have family ties to philadelphia i have family ties specifically to west philadelphia born and raised but yes <laughs> yeah born and raised uh, stepdad born and raised absolutely uh but yeah no you are actual first philadelphia that we've had Yay.
2: Hey, i will throw in as many <laughs> annoying references as i can did you know will smith went to the same high school as my grandma oh my god Yay. i
0: did not know that go over brook <laughs> so then my my aunt went to the same high school as your grandpa yeah <laughs> so they went to the same high school <laughs> um so, Diana, uh, where people might have, might have heard you on? I don't know how to say words. <laughs> uh, where, where, where are you from? Where people might have, might have heard you? There we go.
2: Uh, they can hear me every week on 302010 uh, at 302010podcast, where we talk about whatever happened this week in movies, TV, music, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. And I suspect that's one of the reasons I am on because we have an anniversary September 10th. Yeah.
0: Yes. We Watch
2: this space. <laughs> well, watch their space, rather.
0: <laughs> watch their space, yes. Well, no, and also, um, so full disclosure, people who've listened to this podcast, like I've done a lot of stuff with Laser Time uh, before, and I've worked with uh, Sarah and Chris, your co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as we did this show, one of the first things that Sonya said, and I agree with her, it's like, we have to get Diana on here. Mm-hmm. Just not only oh. because... You know, I, I think this is a really good show, but there's just so many ties to Hollywood. And if you guys don't know, Diana is like probably one of the most like knowledgeable people I've. I've heard speak about Hollywood and film, and I was just like, oh, we thanks. definitely have to. get Yeah,
1: it and it the up. capital C of cinema. Yeah, because like, yes. as, like <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things about 30th, 2010 is the classic corner, just because like <laughs> I am a huge like oh, like if I made girl out for a second or nerd out too as well. <laughs> I am like a huge fan Diana, of, especially of uh, the show and like all the work you have done, especially in the past when Laser Time was a bit of a sausage fest question mark Mm. please don't tell anti that. but it it always like whenever you were on an episode it always like i knew i was gonna enjoy it because i knew you would be bringing some knowledge that i necessarily i wouldn't have or the guys wouldn't have and it was always a pleasure to
2: hear you on the show oh thank you and And you like you too as well so that's that's i do (laughs) (laughs) yeah there there was a certain amount early on of hearing what the topic is and barging my way in of like no no <laughs> everyone get back no i have important things to say about this okay so betty davis was born <laughs> We gotta start with the lumiere brothers if you really want to understand marvel <laughs> oh so,
3: so. yeah. Well,
2: yeah i mean i hear someone say something about like well special effects really weren't much of a thing until jurassic park and i'm like That's wrong. Hold me back. (laughs) Hold me back. Okay, so George Malaise was born.
1: well I feel so like I always wanted to talk to you about some of like the film history stuff I've had to go through because like uh shadow to University of Winnipeg uh but one of our film historians at my school is this guy named Howard curl and he's always hated me because I accidentally fell asleep um when when uh he showed his favorite film the grand illusion and I like I oh. it was and I like the movie but I it was like the class was like at eight o'clock at night on a Friday and I like I worked hmm. during the day so but yeah like
2: like, a, like some of the movies you shout out, I'm like, yeah, just like the lone person who knows. Like, know. yeah, *Grand Illusion* it? is great, but it is very, um, not a lot of big showy things happen. In yeah, it. it's, exactly. It's I fell asleep very and suddenly French they were in prison. So. Mannered, <laughs> yeah. and it's like that's part of the point, or it's like oh, we shot down this enemy pilot, and they're like, oh, hello. Would you like some tea? We're being gentlemanly about it. It's like, dude, 8,000 people just got shot. No, no, we must be gentlemanly.
0: Uh, So, uh, Diana, we always ask people when they come on, what is your history with The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air?
2: Kind of limited. It's one of those shows that I would just sort of see every now and then, but was never appointment viewing for me. Mm. So I would say I dropped in and out here and there, until I formally boycotted the show because of the Blossom crossover, because I had that hat. And I couldn't wear that hat anymore, because he gives her a hat. And it's a little black velvet cloche hat, and I already had that hat, and it was part of the cutest outfit I wore, and when I was 13, I wasn't very cute, so I had the one outfit, and, (laughs) god damn it. Ruined my hat.
0: Well, I me mean, you that look,
2: episode so I can just yell about my hat.
0: Yes, we, we definitely will. But if you look – and it's one of the things we talk about on the show a lot. Like a lot of these looks have like kind of transcendent time. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like – they're just good looks. So maybe they just – they knew that you were fashion forward
1: <laughs> and wanted to
0: celebrate your hat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's some good hats in this episode, too, so oh, like, we yeah, talk some about definitely <laughs> some fashion choices.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, so, Sonia, what episode are we talking about today? So,
1: we are talking about season one, the season finale, uh, called Working It Out, which first aired May 6, 1991. It was directed by Rita Rogers-Bly and was written by Shannon Gohan. And this episode, we often dine with the Queen, but to me, she will only be known as Latifah. Oh, mm. sorry, I love Queen Latifah. So this will yep. be yeah. my big episode discussing how much I love her.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and this is so, because we're going to get an episode next season where she is going to be playing a high schooler. Yes. So it's just so <laughs> weird for her to be, to kind of be playing like, uh, I guess like a, a black share. Like
1: She's like, uh, <sighs> she's supposed to be like in her 40s, we assume. Like, right. At yeah. least 40s, yeah. And, yeah. She, right.
0: and, and the,
1: I mentioned it later, but like Queen Latifah in this episode is 21.
2: God damn. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I had to double check dates and stuff when she's talking about like, oh, Will Smith is too young for you. Oh, um, Johnny Gill is too young for you. And I'm like, she's younger than both of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: But I think she, she has such a mature air to herself, mm. especially like, so Queen Latifah at this time was mainly in, she wasn't even an actor. She yet. was a rapper, would, yeah. Wow. Right, this would have been before. So I think set it off is her first big film Well, let debut. me get
1: into that. So, oh, uh r- so Marissa, right <laughs> Marissa Redman in this episode is played by the 21-year-old Queen Latifah, who would go on Ooh. to release her second studio album, Nature of a Sista, later in 1991. So Queen Law had released her first album, All Hail the Queen, in 1989. Uh, the rapper and singer would start her acting career with this role on Fresh Prince and continue into things like House Party and the TV show Living Single, where she played the lead character Kalijah James. Uh, the show Living Single would include Khadijah. Khadijah, sorry, sorry, my bad. Yeah. I didn't pronounce it properly. My bad. Okay, <laughs> the show Living Single would include some Fresh Prince alumni such as Nia Long, Tatiana Ali, and Joseph Marcel. So and yeah. yeah, like uh so th- she would start uh like this would be her first jumping off point and then she would go on to living single and then she would go on to set it off. Wow. Yeah. This is yeah, her first is... acting gig period? Yeah, one of the first. Yeah. I think she was in house party. Let me check that out. I don't yeah. know. I she's in
2: house party too.
1: Right. I don't think she's in the
0: out. first yeah, I think she I don't think she's in the first house party. Um,
1: let me see.
0: <laughs> but no, I I think this is very... I think this is one of the things, like, with this show, they were able to find so many good, like, musician actors, right? Like, mm. Queen Latifah may not be everyone's cup of tea, uh, but I think she... One, I think she does a, a good job in this episode for a sitcom. Mm-hmm. It's like a sitcom acting job. I think she does a really good job. And, like, this was Will's first show. And this was Queen Latifah's first show. Like, I don't know. if Just, like, the casting director was like, yeah, these are the people that we can work with. And, like, we also had... Uh, previously we had episodes where we had Don Cheadle and like, so like they have not kind of shied away from like black actors before they kind of, you know, blossom out. Yeah. And I think it's really good on the, on the casting director side.
2: Wow. This is, I'm looking up dates cause this is, I mean, it's the whole show that I do. Um, mm. so what was the air date on this again? Uh, May 6th, 1991. Wow. So yeah, this seems to be our first acting gig at all, but, uh, in June, Jungle Fever comes out she's got a small part uh. in that. Mhm. So she's
1: amazing. Like I Damn. I love the work she this does. Like she I love that she can go from set it off like playing Cleo who's like this really butch gangster bitch type person to going to last holiday where she plays this meek little shy georgia bird like i Mm -hmm. like she has range and i really like her as an actress mostly Mm -hmm. because like i have her body type and when she's portrayed as sexy i'm like yeah that's me too as well so like it's (laughs) cool that she um one of my favorite things about living single is that she is allowed to be uh this this strong forceful person and she's Mm. and she's still attracting really hot guys so it's like, it's one of those shows that I really connect with because like she is this woman who is just being herself and she is amazing at it. And I just love her.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I remember seeing her in Chicago in the um, Mama oh, Does yeah. For You number. I mm-hmm. was fit. I was so jealous of how good she looked. <laughs> yeah. Just the dress gave her this just amazing decolletage and she was just so full of just assertiveness and oh, damn.
1: Oh, I she's so her cool. And plus her, her rapping career is really, really good. Like, um, uh, All Hail the mm-hmm. Queen is really amazing. Black Rain is one of my favorite albums. Um, U N I T Y is an amazing song. Uh the what else did she do? She did that, um she did the um the theme song for that Black Panther movie. I can't remember what it's called just now. Um, nah, I'll remember it in a second. But yeah, there was like a Black Panther movie she did where she and a bunch of other rappers, uh, female rappers, had done this really really awesome um uh, joint venture. And I like I'll try and find it, but I can't uh, probably won't be able to. But it was amazing. Anyway, right. just take my word for it. <laughs> so um,
0: <No>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I just think it's... I think it's really wild. Like, there there is legitimately a generation of people and that are not too much younger than I am who will probably never know that Queen Latifah was a, a rapper. Like, that's something, like, they don't... Like, she yeah. is... You know, she is the person who is in, you know, Last Holiday or Bringing Down the House. So it's just one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Uh, and it has Steve Martin and Queen Latifah. But, like, it, when you... The, the always thing I always get when I see her in, like, in film is, like, regardless of what the film is, she always gives 100%. Mm-hmm. And, like, every time I see her in something, like I, I'm like, I know that she's not going to just phone it in. Yeah. And it can just be, like, mm-hmm. a small role or a small thing. Like, this isn't a big role, but she's trying her best, right? And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a really good, like, that sounds, like, really dismissive, but it's not. I think she does a really good job in this episode, and I think, like... I think if you watch this episode, if I was like an exec, I'd be like, yeah, let's give let's give this person basically friends before friends. Right. let's give this person a TV show.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. And the song that I was talking about is the song Freedom, which is the theme from the movie Panther, uh, which included uh, En Vogue, Aaliyah, Vanessa L. Williams, Mary J. Blige, MC Light. SWV TLC and Monica and yeah it was a really good song like Left Eye does a really amazing verse on it so check it out if you haven't heard it (laughs) but but, uh so we start this episode with the most adorable tableau of Hillary reading on the couch and in the background we see Will and Jazz sneaking in that cute little uh layered thing I just love that um (laughs) so and Jazz attempts to hit on Hillary uh, and he ends up getting thrown out of the house by Jeffrey, as the parents are away at the supermarket. So, <laughs> And Will tries to appeal to Hillary's feelings by saying Jazz might have been deeply hurt by this latest toss. Like, it might be one toss too many. She seems to soften a little bit until Jazz appears again and happily asks her if she will kiss his boo-boo. So... I don't know how everyone feels about, uh, like, especially now with the current situations about, like, women saying, being able to say no and such. But Jazz's attention never seemed gross to me, if that makes sense. Like, he just appears like a bug. Like, he's not, like, one mm. of those Kevin Spacey-type creepy guys, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. And so I don't, it's, it's innocent to me, I find.
0: Yeah. To me, it's a Steve Urkel thing. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. It's the thing where, like, I really like Family Matters, but I really don't like the seasons of how Steve, like, it's not just, like, you're courting or, like, oh, hey, I wanted to show they're interested. But, like, when they very implicitly, like, oh, no, I'm I'm not interested. And you did a whole I'm going to wear you down thing, which is, like, it's just shitty. Mm-hmm. Like, at yeah. the end of the day, it's, like, it's shitty. You have to remember people have, you know, their own agency. Like, it is okay that that uh jazz has a crush on Hillary, but like doing the whole like, oh well, you know, like c- like pressing it like he doesn't go too far like he doesn't go as far as Steve, but it's still in a in a space where I'm just like this is kind of like yeah.
2: yeah, it's like how many times can she say no exactly like, right. how what how many times is it the twentieth time is that gonna work? and I was uh, oh, he annoyed me so much at the beginning of this episode, but by the end, like I felt a little bit better where it's like. <laughs> Okay, he's he's annoying, but he's not escalating. And well, then and by the work, end, yeah. he's like, "Okay, I respect that."
1: And he didn't take advantage of her when she had to go out with him for the point of keeping her job, which yeah. I think showed like a lot of class on his part. But there are like later episodes in later seasons where Jazz is marrying somebody else, and Hillary reacts with a little bit of uh, a jealousy. So I think she appreciates the attention, and once it's gone, she's like, "Oh no! Like I've lost this person forever." So, and it's mm. like I, I don't know. I think this is one of the biggest starts of what will become like their uh, their uh, family matters type relationship. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But I love that Jeffrey apologizes for throwing Jazz out and is dusting him off when we come back from the break. <laughs> <laughs> he just like with a little broom and saying like no hard feelings. <laughs> and then tells him that if he puts his it uh, tells Jeffrey that if he puts his hand on Jazz like that again, they're engaged. <laughs> so <laughs> So I just love, um, so Car- uh, this is an episode of like problematic men, it seems like, because Carlton mm. comes in and he has a new scam to get girls by pretending to be injured in a sporting accident. And so oh. like, like we don't go any further with that, but it's still funny yeah. to see him walk in with those like crutches.
2: Yeah, I was expecting mm. that to be like a B plot or like its own whole episode. But I love that he just comes in on crutches and no one asks him if he's okay. Right. <laughs> Will just looks at him and says, "What are you doing?"
1: Yes, <laughs> I'm like I, I don't know if men really do that in real life, like fake injuries yes. or something. do they? Yes. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, oh. it's so it's so easy for like if you're a guy, especially someone who's younger, and like uh, the stereotype is that women are nurturing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very easy, like, oh, well, here's this nurturing person. Oh, I, don't, I have a boo-boo. Oh, <laughs> Would you, like, come and look at my... And it's, like, it's a thing. It's it's really bad manipulation, and, like, you should never do it. But, like, there, there are guys who do that. There, there are guys who feel like that's part of, quote-unquote, the game. Mm-hmm. And that's um. what they do.
2: <laughs> trickery i see yes lying and trickery is how the best relationships start yeah it's like
1: don't break your leg to get a girl like seriously
2: <laughs> or or if you're
0: going to do it actually break your leg
1: physically <laughs> break your leg uh, and then
0: yeah you could say you did it
1: well the main plot of the episode other than jazz trying to get with hillary is that hillary has a new job and hillary gushes about always have have since she was a little girl always wanting a fabulous job like so a job that makes her look good in the eyes of her friends so like I mm-hmm. I can I can like totally um, identify with this because I wanted uh, to be like a Stephen King esque writer and live in like a haunted mansion in Maine when I, like <laughs> you know have that like dream life and like have the people who bullied me when I was a kid um, stand outside the gates asking for money so that's what but I, <laughs> <laughs> so, I wanted to ask you guys did you have
2: this type of dream job that you wanted or. Mine was kind of similar because she talks about, like, I'll have a fabulous job and a fabulous office. And it was like, that was always my thing. Like other little girls played like princesses and I was played like fancy executive.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> With the suits and everything. And yeah, the there's lots of
2: like, very important things have to be taken care of <laughs> walking around, like, oh, gotta get this memo to the thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was weird. <laughs> yeah, I my dream job. I think I talked about it before. Was I just wanted to wake up every morning and go and do marine biologist stuff?
1: I was my job, ju- my dream too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I I didn't know what it was. I was just like I think. So back in the day, they used to have those commercials where they would sell like the like the the. Back in the day, kids, before there was Wikipedia, we actually had encyclopedias. And what people would do also is they would sell these books just about animals. And my mom had bought me some on just like marine animals, and I just became in love with them. And I was just like, I want to get on a boat and learn all about fish and shrimp, and that's all I want to do. And you lived in
1: Florida, so you could. Well, you like well later, but
0: (laughs) yeah. I mean, I, I still can. I live in Florida. You're right, but like. You have to get a degree and mm-hmm. then like being a marine biologist isn't fun. I just thought it would be like me. It, it, I thought it would be like me and I would be like those people from Free Willy who like freed Willy. <laughs> like that was uh, going to be what I was going to do. Well, my,
2: there's a lot of plankton sampling. Yeah, exactly. Nah, yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to be a marine
1: biologist, which was dumb because, like, I grew up in a landlocked area. And the only, uh, like, aquatic animals that were uh, available in that area were, like, sturgeon and, like, whitefish. And, like, uh, there are belugas, but they were, like, north of, like, about 800 kilometers north of me. So I'd never seen one. But, like, I, it always fascinated me. But I, I thought being a marine biologist meant that I got to work at SeaWorld. Well, like that's what I, that was the job I wanted as a kid to swim with them and have them like have us connect on a spiritual level. That was my goal. <laughs> so. But so, what is Hillary's fabulous job, you ask? So, Hillary is the personal assistant to actress Marissa Redman. And we see Will get a little snarky with his knowledge of celebrity gossip. So, like, he gets kind of <laughs> fey a bit. Like, if I'm allowed to say that in this context, because I'm bi. So uh, hopefully I can get away with it. But he is kind of, like, he gets a little bitchy, and I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so.
0: yeah. yeah, he's just like, everything, uh, you mean Oscar nominated. Which, like, <laughs> dude, I pff, <laughs> as someone who's written for <laughs> written something, I would love to be Oscar nominated. Like, Like, what? Like, he was just like, everything he was saying, I was like, I would, yeah, I would be okay with that, like...
1: Well, one like, one bit, uh, she's like, uh, he says, uh, Uncle Phil t- mentions like she's saying in a musical or something, and uh, she's like, "Oh God, what a voice!" And then Will's like, "Lip sync," <laughs> just like, <laughs> just totally rude, Like, and, and we see later that it's warranted because she's kind of a mean person, but it was still really funny the way he was just like undercutting Hillary's happiness. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. if you're da- it was like she's dating a guy, and Will knows her, uh, knows him, so she's just, he's just trying to save face or something. It was really cute.
2: Yep. So I ran through the things, the qualifications that she has to see, do they match up to any real person? Mm. We know she's an Oscar nominee. She had a top 10 movie eight years ago. (laughs) She sang in a musical and she might have taken a year off for a nose job. So eight years before this episode came out was 1983. And I have found one person that actually does fit these qualifications. Oh. Meryl Streep. (laughs) <laughs> I believe Queen Latifah is playing Terry Gar. Oh,
1: my God.
0: <laughs> oh. oh.
2: Wait, what's he? see. Why did I to look that up? Terry Gar. Yes. yes. Yeah,
0: exactly. I do the exact same thing. It's like, okay, okay so. so
2: the top films of 1983 were Return of the Jedi, Tootsie, Flashdance, Trading Places, War Games, Octopussy, Staying Alive, Risky Business, Mr. Mom, and National Lampoon's Vacation. Terry Garr is in two of those, and she pulled an Oscar nomination for Tootsie, which she deserved. Mm-hmm. So what there is you go. She also, in? she has sung And <laughs> dances Yeah, what? no, she Wait, sang she's... in One from the Heart uh, The Coppola musical Weird-ass movie And mm-hmm. um, she is queen also And I will hear no bad things about Terry Garr Oh, she was in Ghost World.
1: She was in the movie Dick. She was in. Uh, let's see what else. Dumb and well, Dumber. Well, she was in Young
0: Frank Young Frankenstein. Young
1: Frankenstein. Come on! Scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Sorry, <I was laughs> like, and <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, she was in That Girl, the, the show. Uh, the Dick, the new Dick Van Dyke show. The Bob Newhart show. Uh, Maud, Law and yeah. Order, uh, Saturday Night Live. She hosted Sesame Street, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, Murphy Brown, which I've never seen, Uh,
2: and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which I have
1: seen. (laughs) She's
2: she's been around for a million years. I think she was like a dancer on Hullabaloo or something in the 60s. And she's fine in Mr. Mom, but oh my God, she's so great in Tootsie. I love her so much in that.
1: That's the one movie I haven't seen, but I really want to like, but but I I was kind of like, I was kind of annoyed by Dustin Hoffman's remarks about that movie where he said that, like, he finally understood what it was like to be a woman because he was an ugly woman. And I was like, Mm. what the heck, Dustin? Oh, go back to the, the role you played Dick Tracy.
2: So, like,
1: that's all well that's like the biggest role to, to me that he was in like that's all I yeah care about.
2: it's it is interesting that a movie from 1983 that is expressly about gender roles actually doesn't have a lot of offensive stuff in it oh yeah exactly you, you yeah. really expect it to not age well and it it's, it's done a really good job it it holds up
0: that's right because well. the 2000 the 2003 version of titsy juana man Does not. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) One of the, the, yeah, one of the movies where you go back and like, oh, we can't talk about any of this ever again.
2: Yeah. Um, And then then I did more research because I was like, well, that was too easy. I found one. So uh now the question is, does Queen Latifah fit these now? Mm. Mm. And these parameters, yes, she does. (laughs) She is an Oscar nominee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She can sing. Yes. Um. She's done several musicals, Hairspray. I, she's my favorite part of Hairspray. Yeah, she's amazing in Hairspray. Yeah. Mm. And eight years before, just missed it. She had a number, the number fourteen highest-grossing movie at the box office. <laughs> she missed oh. the top ten. And she oh, also wow.
1: she had breast reduction surgery too. I don't know if she had nose, uh, n- uh, nose
2: surgery or anything, but well,
0: mm-hmm. it was it was it's it's uh. Like suggested no surgery. They don't know what surgery it was.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you don't take a year off for no surgery though. Mm-hmm. That's a month. Yeah, yeah that's like yeah. um like I went
1: I got pregnant and I have to go to a convent uh, type <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like in the nineteen forties or something. <laughs> if you're gone that long, it's it's rehab maybe, and maybe yeah. a church the outing. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, we
1: won't say Scientology. <laughs> which oh, oh crap, I did. <laughs> so, like, oh. but, <laughs>
0: But, um, but, but as some, oh, look as someone who is trying to get to Hollywood, we have nothing bad to say about <laughs> Mr. Rod Hubbard or any of his any of his following. I do um, like
1: sci-fi. <laughs> 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 but uh, so uh, Marissa is going to ask out Johnny Gill, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know how how old Johnny Gill is at this time, but um, I think he's younger, probably in his twenties. Um, he's and, like twenty-five, I think. Mm-hmm. I looked it
0: yeah. up, something
2: like that. Yeah, Yeah, again, Queen Latifah's younger.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because this would have been Johnny Gill. I think he he would have just left New Edition. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, because this is like around when New Edition got really big. And members were leaving all the time.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, so Johnny Gill, yeah, yeah, no, Johnny Gill is much older than Queen. <laughs> I, I say that because Johnny Gill is like the same age as my stepdad. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so yeah, no, he would have definitely been older. So that would have—that's really weird for them to say that.
1: And so Marissa's yeah. insulted when Hillary says that she's too old. Uh, that Mar- Marissa is too old for him. And Marissa makes a reference to Cher dating a younger man. So I think this is in reference to Eric Stoltz, who she was rumored to be. Dating after the filming of Masks uh, At the mm. time of the filming of Masks She was 39 and he was 24
2: so. Yeah, She did this for a while um, She plays his mom in that movie I know I was like oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But yeah she Dated younger men just in general She'd come to the Oscars with some guy And you're like who is that guy But he's like clearly half her age mm-hmm. And right. honestly I don't have a lot of nice Things to say about the Farley brothers in general But Cher is in stuck on you, and the joke is that she's dating Freddie or she's dating Frankie Muniz, yeah, and it's so yeah. funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is well, such a great joke <laughs> Well, and it's such a weird thing too because like um, like it, it's an ongoing thing an ongoing joke that Leonardo DiCaprio dates like basically girls that were too young to get into t- Titanic when it first came out so like mm-hmm. it's like and it's always something that it seems to be a bigger deal when it happens with women and yeah. like, that's always such a really undercutting thing too because it's like why shouldn't this girl date a hot young thing if she wants to like that would be it's my goal show. too and I say that because like I'm dating a person who's in their twenties, so I feel like such a chair right now. So I'm like, oh (laughs) no, we 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 met on Twitter, leave me alone.
0: (laughs) I I think the biggest I think the bigger thing is like at what point is it a is it a power thing I I I mean I agree with you, right? I think I think women it's really easy to be like, Oh, well, why can't she date? blah 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 blah. And I think like, hey, people should be able to date who they want to date, but also you don't want to end up in a part where they are too young Mm -hmm. and then you have this power dynamic over it and then it's like okay but like is this like would you be cool like with peer with this, this period right yeah. like it's something mm-hmm. I've had to have conversations with friends about because I I have a friend who for some reason he his like he' like oh I'm gonna date people who are like 23 24 years old and I'm like dude you're turning 37 mm-hmm. like what are you doing and like it's a conversation I have with him and I I do frame it as like I have younger siblings, like much younger siblings Mm -hmm. too, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always weird to me just in general when people do that. I'm like, that's weird because I wouldn't want my younger sibling to deal with that. But at the same time, like if they're adults and they can understand and they can think, you know, there's no problem with that. Um, I think the biggest thing that like kind of like that was like it was a weird thing. And it's weird that she – ask will out when will's in high school like that's something where it's like this is kind of like troubling um (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i i especially in the air like we're in the world of like post ellen like the ellen scandal like i think we're starting to get away from like the very like awful like um Hollywood celebrity. Yeah. So I was going to ask, because I do have a story. Uh, If you guys have had to deal with like um, working for a boss or if you had to deal with like someone on a on a movie set, like, that's been I have awful. a
1: good story. So hmm. I used to work in, uh, like, a historical theater called the Pantages in Winnipeg. And it was a vaudeville theater. Charlie Chaplin performed there. Buster Keaton Ooh. performed there. Houdini performed there. So oh. it's, like, a big, like, historical place. The chairs are still the same. And so one of the big rules of the theater when I was working there is no one's allowed to put their feet on the seats. So there was this comedian there that you probably don't know because he's, like, e-list in canada so his name was trevor boris so like go throw (laughs) crap at him i hope he's better now but uh back in the day i was working there and i saw trevor boris sitting in the balcony and he had his feet on the seats and i went up to him and i'm like hey dude i'm sorry you can't have your feet on the seats that are like hundreds of years old and he just looks at me without taking his feet off the seats and he says don't you know who I am and then I sit and then I'm like I'm like take your feet off the seats and he's like I'm Trevor Boris and then I just get all snarky and I'm like the same Trevor Boris that's gonna take his feet off the seats (laughs) (laughs) and so he complained to me to my boss saying, calling me grandma but I was like I'm following the rules of this theater like I'm a huge fan of vaudeville and the fact that this theater even survived is a big Mm -hmm. deal and so i I honor it like a person it's a it's a it's a historical landmark so piss off dude so it's always the people who have the least fame that are the biggest jerks if that makes sense right yeah like because i met bono and bono is like what like basically gandhi and (laughs) but like a a more positive less creepy uh gandhi and he was just, like, really nice and took time to talk to everybody. And, like, he was amazing. And it's always the, the lesser-known people that are dicks.
2: Yeah. I've, I've run into or just had contact with a pretty decent number of celebrities. And mm. no one is sticking out as having been rude or polite or, or impolite or, or made a bunch of weird demands or anything. Right. I'm just thinking about
1: all the good ones I met. Like yeah, I remember, I met. Um, yeah. I, met uh, I was at New York Comic Con, and I got into the Rick Baker panel that was hosted Ooh. by Vincent D'Onofrio. And I had a massive crush on. Well, I still do. I had a massive crush on Vincent D'Onofrio since I was like 12 years old. And so I was like in the first row because I wanted to see the screen because they were sh- doing uh, Rick Baker. For those that don't know, is a really, really amazing special effects artist. Uh, you would see his work that was done on Vincent and Men in Black. So, like, he's he's yes. really, really good and really, really amazing. So, I'm, like, standing there waiting, and all of a sudden, like, this huge shadow comes over me, and, like, I hear somebody saying hi, and I turn, and there's an Onofrio standing, like, a foot away from me, and he says hi to me, and I'm, like, I start giggling like a schoolgirl, because <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> hey, hey, you're so tall. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was embarrassing, but, yeah, like, I find that, like, um, like, I have met a few celebrities, and, like, it's mm. not, like, I think that in this day and age, they know, Know how quickly their um, their status can fall if they're dicks. Yeah, which I really yeah. appreciate. Like, because back in the day, like uh, Naomi Campbell used to throw phones at her assistants, and like I don't know, um, <laughs> what's her face from Mummy Dearest probably killed a few people. So, like.
2: uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Joan <laughs> and, Crawford had issues. Yeah, and yeah. so
1: it's like I think we're past that age where people can get away with this type of behavior. And like, well,
2: hopefully, I'm hoping that at least in public, yeah, I think that's the thing. But then, yeah, it's weird because in this episode, like, she's Marissa Redmond's terrible to her assistant, right? But when she's in public, she's also not great. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like she Mm. seems like,
2: um, like a fame. Like uh, I think she
1: seems like one of those people whose like fame has passed, and they're trying to get rid of her. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like like, she's past her moment in the sun.
0: Right, no, it's, it's she's definitely doing a lot of fame-houndy stuff, and I, I had that on the set of the film of the short uh, shot. Rafik, like me, like I had one of the actors who was just being really shitty to um, the production assistant, who she ended up doing the job like as a favor, like very last minute. Mm-hmm. So I was, <laughs> I was really upset because I was just like, dude, like you don't need to be like she. I I think he was being an asshole to her. Cause she was driving slowly in LA yeah. and I was just, I, I, it, it infuriated me. Cause I was just like, like, what the fuck? Like LA is crazy. And if you like, sometimes people don't drive like as fast as you do, like don't be an asshole about it. Like other than that, and like getting into a yelling match with Billy D Williams, which I never <laughs> want to talk about, but oh, it's something that no. did happen. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I. I don't like talking about it. Aww. Me, and Billy, me, and Billy Dee Williams had an actual argument at MegaCon, at no. MegaCon in two thousand in two thousand and nine, I believe two thousand nine, two thousand ten. One of those years. I I have never liked Billy Dee Williams since. Uh, it's disappointing. And yeah, yeah. It's it's awful. But other than that, I've had great experiences. I've had great experiences with wrestlers. And yeah, that's me something too. that's always yeah. been really weird because I've always heard wrestlers are very much prima don, it's like that's like the stereotype like back in the day uh, but I've had really great experience with well, with professional wrestling.
1: In their defense like if some guy was coming up to me at 5 in the morning once I got off the plane and I yeah. had tra- like I understand wrestlers being dicks to fans because fans can sometimes be dicks to them Like and mm-hmm. so like I've always had like I've never had a negative encounter with a wrestler but it's probably because I'm like a cute kid. I'm a cute girl <laughs> and so like and girls are still a rare commodity in wrestling fandom <laughs> especially if yeah. you're adorable and like sweet like like a lot of girl wrestling fans are adorable and like the best one I met was probably either Mick Foley or Roddy Piper uh, I met Roddy Ooh. Piper at uh, the theater I worked at and I was supposed to be his gopher which was hilarious because like uh, our, our boss gathers all the ushers together and she's like okay Roddy needs somebody to be his gopher uh, and he volunteers and me immediately I'm like oh 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 and, <laughs> and, and, and my boss is like anyone besides Sonya <laughs> <laughs> and waits for a second. And she's like, "Okay, Sonia, I don't want you talking to Roddy. You can't ask him about wrestling and like just make sure he gets everything that he needs. And I was like, "Right. So I go down there. And I'm just waiting for, like, Roddy to do whatever he needs to do. And he starts talking to me. And he finds out that I'm from uh, a community... I was born in a community called The Paw in Manitoba. And he starts, like, riffing and he's laughing because he says to me, you are too sweet to be from The Paw. Like, I knew seven-foot-tall dudes who would not get out of the car in The Paw because they were too scared. (laughs) And it was really cool just to talk to him, and like, as a person. And, like, he was really sweet, really nice. And, like, it's really cool how... um, I guess if you grow up doing hard jobs, when you become a celebrity, you tend to treat people with a little bit more um, more care, I guess. Because I, I imagine rich people are the, are different too. It's like, if you worked in a service job, you tend not to treat service people like crud.
0: Mm. Right. Which makes me yeah. think that
1: Marissa Redmond is kind of like a rich girl who was being, who got like the silver spoon handed to her and she's like, I deserve it, blah, so.
2: yeah. Yeah, no, in my my experience, I feel like so many celebrities, especially, like, actors, it's, it's part of their job is talking to people. Lots of people are always talking to them, and so <laughs> they just learn to be just as quiet and polite as possible. So oh, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think. Do I, I know anyone that's like, blah, that No, I haven't had anyone that's like, not now, go away. It's like, just if you're polite to them, you realize, well... That guy's shopping for books. He probably doesn't want me to bother him. If you do bother him, it's just, hi, I enjoy your work nice to see you and yeah. yeah then just scurry away as quick as possible don't try to take up their time
1: well that's another yeah. thing too like i don't know if you guys know him but there's this journalist in canada named george strabalopoulos and he used to work for the mtv of canada which was much music mm. and i saw him at a film festival and um he wasn't talking to anyone but his friends but he had done an interview with the band u2 in 2001 that i taped off of much music uh mtv of canada for those that don't know I taped it off and like it was my favorite thing to watch because I did not see you 2 in concert until like 2010. And Mm -hmm. so, like it was my the closest I ever got to a U two concert. So I go up to George and like I I just said like oh excuse me sir like um, I just wanted to say I really love that U two interview you did back in two thousand and one and like it was amazing blah 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 and he talked to me for like a half hour about U (laughs) two and like how amazing it was and like I ended up getting a little bit of a a job out of it and I remember um, I was there because I I was pitching a film a, a short film about a girl who goes on a vision quest to meet mono. And um, at the end of this conversation with George, he's like, well, like, why are you in Whistler? And I'm like, oh, I'm pitching this movie about a girl who goes on a vision quest to meet Bono. And he's like, do you like, why don't you send it to me? I'll see if I'll send it to you two's people. Like, I'm not promising anything. And I was like, started to cry. (laughs) Like, like Nothing came out of it. But like, I always tell people because like, um, like. Doing the, uh, the, inter- the, the networking is the worst part of uh. being a creative, and I hate that part. Mm-hmm. And so when I meet, when I tell, when I meet people, like, when they ask me for advice on networking, I'm like, go to people as friends, as potential yeah. friends, and don't go to them like, don't go to the head of Netflix and be like, here's my script. It's like, no, go mm-hmm. to people you admire and tell them why you admire them. That always sticks with people a lot more than like you trying to get something out of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's this like how I got channel. most of my gigs too. Like, I, nothing came out of the U2 thing, but it's still kind of cool that he was willing to do that for me just because he knew how yeah. big of a fan I was.
2: Yeah. That's cool. Things you shouldn't do going back to the episode <laughs> if you've got a, a friend or acquaintance and it's their first day on the job, don't go barging him with flowers and candy oh, and yeah, a keyboard exactly. <laughs> and start singing at them. A Kit Kat? Yeah. <laughs> that is the worst. I like, I was screaming at the TV, like, no. Will's like come on Jazz this would be great if you give her flowers and candy her first day on the job when she just started no. like five minutes before five minutes basically. ago right yeah. no well, no just work is work leave people
1: alone there Jazz didn't even buy the flowers and candy Will had to do it
0: so. oh yeah. well it would just be so frustrating like you said you're just like Especially, you just got kind of reamed, like, as she came in, she's upset that she didn't get this, she didn't get this role, she's upset that, you know, Johnny Gill isn't reaching back out to her, and now here's, here are these two idiots coming in the (laughs) the room, and just like, none of this is gonna make my day better, like, and I've had days of work where it's just like, where you have people who are like, oh hey, like, we're your friends, like, I used to work, I used to work at Krispy Kreme, one of my favorite jobs of all time, uh, donuts, (laughs) Uh, freedom van, love it uh, but i used to have friends who would come in and they would just like goof around at <laughs> night And i'm like dude i just can i just work for like a little bit and <laughs> then we could goof around later like i i just need to be able to work
1: exactly and, like, Marissa is, like, pissed when she comes in and is about ready to fire Hillary, uh, who she doesn't know her name and isn't planning on learning <laughs> her name. And, like I, like, I wanted to make a running list of what she calls her, but my favorite one is either Hester or Hickory. <laughs> so, but yeah. I think at
0: one point she also says Henrietta. Yeah. just like, how would you get there?
1: And I like how she brings it up when she first meets Hillary, too. She's like, "My last assistant quit because I could never remember her name. Is that gonna be a problem? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, but I just love that, um, like this whole scene she's gonna uh, she immediately turns around when she sees Will and mm. like starts like laying, putting the moves on her or putting the moves on him. And, like, it's really kind of creepy. I really like the way she plays it. Because, like, again, like, Queen Latifah's not ugly. She's, a, like, really attractive woman. And just the lecherousness of the way she hits on him is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, when she calls him Little Willie Smith, it was, like, kind of, like, ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, she was, like, tasting it in her mouth or something. It was so <laughs> gross. <laughs> And I think, yeah, like you were saying, Diana, he, she, he is older than she is. But she, mm-hmm. the way she carries herself in this episode makes her look like she's, like, at least 35. Yeah. Like, mm. it is so weird. Like, because like, I thought she was a bit older, too, until I looked it up for this episode. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like, uh, so the big big uh, problem of this episode is that uh, Hillary will be fired if Will doesn't date Marissa. So, right. so Hillary mm. goes to beg Will. And begs her, uh, and Will brings up the good point of like all Marissa does is treat her badly, so why, right. why why should she? Why should Will help her? And she confesses, "Cause I'm the envy of all my friends." <laughs> <laughs> I like, thought that was really sweet. Like, cause it's like it's such a little Hillary thing too, like a Hillary moment. Like uh, she's willing to put up with so much crap just so she looks good and to her friends when she goes for brunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh,
0: but wait, would she be the the envy because like she hangs out generally and this is the thing that she talks about in the show like was like Bruce Willis and Demi Moore like as as I'm thinking about it why didn't she just work with one of the people that she's known forever
1: well you don't miss, mm-hmm. mix, uh, bu- miss mix business with pleasure I guess like I don't know like <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's yeah, a plot right. hole probably <laughs> <laughs> But Hill uh, agree, uh, Will agrees to dating Marissa, but only if Hillary will date Jazz. Mm-hmm. So it's really done, done, done. I love Cry. the audience
2: went ooh. <laughs> yeah.
1: But Will's age is always a little unclear, in especially in this season. Um mm-hmm. So a few episodes ago, he was able to get into a pool hall and a bar. Uh, but mm. Marissa proudly yells at Cher when they're at dinner that Will is a sophomore in high school, <laughs> which I guess makes him, like, 16. So Yeah, <laughs> 15 just, or 16. Yeah. yeah, oh, it was so gross, though. I just love uh, Marissa lifting, uh, like, bringing Will to her just to show him off like a prize, so <laughs> it's mm. really funny. Yeah. Just, well, yeah. that's the
0: thing. It's like, I, I think she she, Will is not there to be I don't even think it'd be a romantic partner for her. He is just a trophy Mm -hmm. to show Mm -hmm. Hollywood. Like I'm still, I'm still valuable and valid right now. And look at this young boy I have like, I should still be in Hollywood. I think that's her. That was her big t- takeaway. Well, and it yeah. reminds um, me
1: of like um, I don't know if you've been keeping up with Madonna's social media, but Madonna is dating really? some like twenty four year old dancer, and yes. like, like he is. looks sad in every picture she posts of him. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like I love Madonna. I love her. Like she could she should be able to do whatever the hell she wants. But I'm like
2: maybe that guy shouldn't be in the photos. <laughs> it's like I mean. Well, I had my my big issue with this was weird that they they make a big thing. It's like this is a, a fancy restaurant opening, and I need a date, or else I'll look like an asshole. But right, it's it, there's like three tables of people quietly eating. That's not usually <laughs> how restaurant openings go. It's it could have just been, you know, ooh yeah, snack. Okay, you're having dinner with me. Mm. Damn it. But right. They make this big thing. It's going to be this fancy event, and it's not it's like the olive garden
1: yeah basically and it's just like um i think it's just uh marissa trying to play it off as a cooler thing like maybe it's just like a restaurant celebrities
2: go to occasionally to get photographed like maybe it's like one of those situations that's true well she did see the biggest director in town who i tried to figure out who it is because it's sydney and now it's either pollock or lumet i feel like pollock at this time but i could be wrong (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Sidney Pollock too, because, like, what did he make around this time? Uh, Havana, The Firm in 93. Mm. Uh, what else? I'm just trying to look it up.
2: That's true. The Firm is sort of a comeback for him.
1: Yeah, Havana, mm. Presume Innocent, The Fabulous oh. Baker Boys. Well, no, he's producer on that one. Oh. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, was he,
0: so, the the Sidney, did either of those guys work with Meryl Street? During this time, because we're <laughs> looking for a Meryl Streep type. Oh,
3: yeah.
2: well, let's see. Sydney Pollack worked with Meryl Streep on Out of Africa, and that's '85.
0: Mm.
2: He might have needed another Meryl type. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so. Well, she ended, he ended up getting Meryl Streep. So, like, <laughs> if you need to get a Meryl type, just go out and get Meryl. Go get right? <laughs> I just love
1: the the absolute scorn when like she uh, when Marissa's on the phone where she's like, mm. "I am a uh, I am a Meryl Streep type if I want to be." What sucker got the part? Meryl Streep, <laughs> it's so funny, and it, like I do understand like Marissa's upsetness about like uh, that she's too black to be Meryl Streep for Meryl Streep's roles, and she's too mm-hmm. old to be dating a specific guy. Like I do yeah. understand that struggle, but it still kind of mm. seems like it's like, dude, you're kind of. Uh, you're kind of making this harder for yourself with your outbursts. Mm. So it's like yeah. it's like a Joan Crawford type thing to me. Yeah. Like she, yeah. like that uh, that Pepsi meeting yeah. in um, <laughs> and what was it in the Mummy Dearest and stuff. Yeah. It's like yeah. getting Mummy Dearest vibes in this show. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, yeah. I just wonder how bad of an actor would Marissa have to be to be an Oscar nominated actress and then just nothing for years well didn't you know? that happen
1: to Ooh. halle berry for a while too like, a little bit yeah yeah
0: yeah that's true that's true because
1: like yeah. um there, there's often this thing about like um how oscars tend to ruin the well at least like put a state uh, put a like stagnation on people's like people's success afterwards if that makes sense like the people mm. who did um the artist like, what have they done recently? The guy who won, uh, like, and I love the artist. That was one of my favorite movies of that year. But, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, some people, when they get Oscars, tend not to do anything ever again. Well, I guess that's, like, yeah. the, the furthest yeah. you could go. But, like.
2: Yeah. Well, and for a while they called it the, the Curse of the Best Supporting Actress Oscar. That it was, like, mm-hmm. your your career fell into a real lull after that. And some of that's still true. Like, where the hell is Monique right now? Mm-hmm. It's I true. Joe. do no. Uh, and then I feel like some of that's being reevaluated because people used to point at Marissa Tomei and Mira Sorvino as examples of that. And now we know Harvey Weinstein was probably the problem there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like it if, yeah, let's reevaluate the the curse of the supporting actress. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it, it is like, you know, who is casting these people who are, you know, moving forward these people. Who who they say, like, oh, can't, you know, afford too much? Like, Monique is still doing stuff, but she's also taking her time to go argue with people on morning talk shows. Well, and, she's also like, trying to
1: get money back from Netflix, too, right now, too. Yeah. Big thing. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a whole... Monique's a whole cat worm. But she was really <laughs> great in that movie. Mm-hmm. But even the, the girl, uh, the, the main actress from Precious, like, why hasn't she done anything? Well, like,
1: you know around. why. Yeah, like yeah. It, it has to do with the fact yeah. that like people don't want to cast like a, a bigger woman in things like this, and it's like yeah. it's really annoying too because like she is a great actress and like she's amazing at what she does, and like and but it's so annoying that women of a certain of a certain background or of a certain weight or of a certain color can't do spe- specific roles because Hollywood decides that they can't. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, like if um, if Gaborni said to be wanted to be the lead in Hairspray, like she should be, like even though I think that would change the the tone of well, not the tone of Hairspray, but like it would be a cool way to see that story in a different light. And right. like it's just weird because I I find that people are so scared about changing the sa- status quo that it prevents people like Monique or Gaborni from really rising to where they need to be.
2: Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy Where they say, oh, people don't want to see movies starring black people So they don't make any movies starring black people And then they point and say, look, no one goes to see movies starring black people Yeah, and it's uh, like um, No, that's fucking true Yeah
1: well, and speaking of Queen Latifah, like, um, she was in Girls Trip, and that movie, like, was yeah. really well-received. And, like, and, like, it showed that people want movies like that, like, want more movies of girl, like, black women being gross and groping dudes <laughs> and, like, going on trips with their girlfriends to get drunk. Like, we want those types of movies. Like, Set It Off was really popular. And it's right. about, like, these, um, these women who work as cleaners who rob a bank. The cat and, like, uh, some of the movies that Queen Latifah, like, backs are some of the coolest stuff that could be seen. But, again, it has to do with that thing because she is kind of light-skinned. So, she is, mm. there's that idea of, like, okay, she's one of the allowed ones, if right. that makes sense. Like, I'm sure. saying this as a, as a person of color, so hopefully no one kills me. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it is – there is that colorism thing in Hollywood, too, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the, oh, it totally like, is. Yeah, and so, like, how Queen Latifah did make friends before Friends came out. Out and like she doesn't get the credit for that or like um or just some of the the things about how um f- like uh, I keep thinking Foxy Brown but like uh what was her name um Pam Greer? I'm just trying to think. Yeah, like Pam Greer and Pam stuff. Pam Greer. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's so weird that like these people should be in bigger things but because of the right. Hollywood system it's not allowed. Like there's a, there's a glass ceiling for them and it sucks.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it's one of the reasons why like I can never fully hate on Tarantino. I I have a really weird, really weird uh history with Tarantino mm. and I like a lot of his movies. I don't like that he feels like he could say the N word yeah. in all of his movies. Uh really don't like that. But no, I, I no, do Samuel think Samuel
2: L gave him a card. He got it. <laughs> right.
0: Uh but I really do think he has done a lot, especially like Boxing Round is one of my favorite films but it was able to like not only give Pam Greer, but like it's he is a guy Tarantino was a guy who watched black exploitation movies and it he was like the guy who told Hollywood like hey we should celebrate these black exploitation movies like cuz you guys aren't trying to do that and I think that's you know I do think that's important I think it's important to have people in that space it just really sucks shit that I some of his movies I'm just like really dude um mm-hmm. But it, you know I I do think like there I do think there is a a setup in Hollywood like where some voices are projected and some voices aren't. And like I said, I do think like Marissa doesn't help that she's awful. Mm-hmm. But I understand yeah. why she may be awful because of if you have a system that's been actively fighting against you, it's really easy to kind of lash out at other people.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, she's been unpleasant. She, most of the episode I felt like she was she was just unpleasant. Right. But wasn't horrible but when she's finally horrible is it when she yells at hillary for basically not reading her mind and anticipating her wishes yeah and then calls her an idiot it's like okay yeah that is the last straw it's like a lot of the other stuff before that i would just sort of go mm, maybe today's an off day i'll give her another chance and it's like you call me an idiot to my face no no yeah. no you're not treating people with respect i'm out of here bye
1: Well, and you can always tell, like, uh, that's why I always agree that you don't, it's like that Harry Potter line, like, don't judge people by how they treat their equals, but they're like, it's a terrible line, like, don't trust people that, how they, and and, and figure out how people treat people by how they treat their lessers is what Mm. the quote was. And I was like, yeah, it's true, because like, if you, if you treat somebody who is in a, quote, lower position than you, that shows what kind of person you are in reality, And it's like, it's really sad, which, and it shocks me that Marissa, um, like cause, uh, from what i like of my experience when people of color are in such a position like this they are more willing to to open the door for other people of color to come through so that like in in the in the positive world uh, a person like marissa would have brought in a person like hillary to build her up to get to a better position in hollywood like that's usually yeah. what i see but like yeah like um it's just so weird to me to see her mistreat hillary like this it's just like
0: uh, yeah. Why? sometimes yeah sometimes sometimes it doesn't yeah yeah I have to I have to because again talking we brought up laser time one of the shows that Diana and I have been on mm-hmm. uh, I did a whole episode about Tyler Perry um, <laughs> yes, and, I Diddy, and and uh and I think I talked about it in the episode but one of the things like he does is he he doesn't he doesn't have a writing team mm-hmm. which is wild to me when you do how many different projects you don't have a writing team like and he funds most of the money, and it's, like, a lot of the money he ends up putting back into his weird church uh, situation. Yeah. But if you – I mean, there's a whole other podcast we could have a conversation about the black church system and the money that goes into it and kind of the, the prosperity church systems on mm-hmm. it. Um, oh, boy. And he's kind of, like, into that scene. So, like, there are – There are some black people who do absolutely reach out and try to get as many people. Ryan Coogler is someone that comes to mind Mm -hmm. uh, who does that. Uh, Steve McQueen is someone who comes to mind who does that. There are some who, who, like, do their best to incorporate and bring more black people on. But there are a lot of black people who, quite frankly, like, quite honestly, like, They got theirs, and, man, Mm -hmm. it sucks that you don't have yours, but I have mine, right? That
1: happens Mm -hmm. a lot, like, in my community. Um, Like, we're, like, in the indigenous film scene um, because – like three people have been at the top all their lives they don't want to share that that quote fame with anybody else Mm. and so anybody coming up is a threat to them whereas meanwhile like if i ever got a job at marvel like i'm hiring all my friends so it's like (laughs) so i bring bringing everybody with me so we can buy houses but it's such a like it's such a lateral violence thing
2: that's why uh, that always breaks my heart i feel like it is like a massive stereotype but is also true that women are the worst at that Yeah, Mm -hmm. you don't lift up other women because then they're just gonna usurp your power.
1: Oh yeah, it's something I try to fight amongst ourselves. Yeah, I'm trying to bring up more ladies because I don't want to be the only one out here.
2: It's like we gotta yeah. spread out. We gotta spread out the knives so they can't all hit us. So like... I need people in the office I can borrow a tampon from. This is <laughs> yeah. entirely based on self-interest. <laughs> or we can go to a movie and like and giggle about
1: Vincent D'Onofrio. That's what I want. Like. So,
2: <laughs> who is hey, so handsome am, in am, real life, by the
1: way? I will.
0: <laughs> I will also. I will always giggle about Vincent D'Onofrio. He Vincent.
1: is so handsome in real life. Oh my god! I was really shocked, and I was like, oh I Like I am like. A tall girl, he dwarfed me, and I'm like, Sir, please marry me. <laughs> so... you no, know, it's just
2: the last episode of 302010 We talked about Happy Accidents. Is, oh, is that where yeah. the love affair began? No, um, uh, when, when did it begin? Um, because that's uh, like Adventures that... Babysitting. Oh, right, say, Yeah, where Happy he... Accidents might be his only rom com. Yeah,
1: well, and he was totally it's adorable. Cute. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, Oh. My. oh. I was gonna say,
0: like, sorry if you were like, it was Men in Black. I loved seeing him as the rose <laughs> creature. If you're like, okay, what was I, what I was like mean, in look. Colton, Men in
1: Black, though, I love, I love that
0: movie. Uh, uh, mine is always sugar water. Yeah. It's just, it's. I don't know what it is about his line, which is sugar in water. water. And I'm like, I'm like, what is? It's so wild. I just that movie is a lot better. Like Will Smith, that's movie. Like I just watched it recently. And it, it, it's marred because there's two bad movies in that franchise, and mm-hmm. I think three is an okay movie. Um, International is a, a, is a crime. Yeah, it, No one should ever watch it. I've never been so bored watching a movie. I've never seen two people who had chemistry with each other in a blockbuster film, have zero chemistry, hate that movie. Two is bad, but for other reasons. But Men mm-hmm. Black 1 is a very fun, fine film. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just like a perfect wolf uh, thing. Yeah. And Vicendofrio is great in it. And Tommy Lee Jones is great in it. Well, love that one movie. of my
1: favorite things about that movie, though, is how um, how his skin rots throughout the film like oh, that like seeing so the tra- seeing the uh, the the passage of time through how his skin falls off his face or like how his hair falls out and stuff it's just amazing work of like uh, makeup and like special effects and stuff yeah. and Rick Baker like, is
2: a god he was so cool in that and like
1: I remember Rick Baker complimenting Vincent D'Onofrio at that panel by saying like Vincent was down for anything if I wanted to pull his eye up near his scalp he was okay with it Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like we get so we get to the episode where a uh, part of the episode where uh, Marissa yells at Hillary. But I love the growth we get to see in Hillary, where she mentions yeah. she doesn't mind the hard work of being Marissa's assistant, but she hates feeling like she's not doing anything right. Like
2: mm-hmm. she's doing right.
1: everything she can, everything she's told, and she still can't live up to Marissa's expectations. Yeah, uh,
2: and I've had bosses like that, mm. where it's like mm-hmm. if you you do everything perfect. And somehow they're still mad at you? Mm-hmm. And you're like, and then you ask them, like, well, what would you prefer? Like, is there a different way you want me to do this? Is there something I could do? And, like, they're always mad at you. And I don't need, like, a ton of praise. I I don't even need a good job. I just need a, this is done correctly. And I'd be like, awesome, okay, I feel yeah. accomplishment now. But, yeah, yeah, I've had bosses that were, and it's just, it sucks the life out of you to Always think that you have fucked everything up
1: yeah and like it's a good grow up like moment for Hillary too like because I doubt she's been treated this way before and she's willingly Mm. putting herself up putting up with it because she wants this job a lot and Mm. I just love like seeing her grow up and like I think that's why her and Jazz have a better relationship at the end of the uh, at the end of the episode is because he listened to her and like was really Mm -hmm. caring about her concerns and like how good she was doing at her job despite what Marissa saw, saw of her and like Jazz gets a moment to shine at the end by sticking up for hillary like i thought that was like adorable like that yeah right like because he like he knew that he wasn't going to be able to do anything but like he's still stuck up to her and stuck up for her and like hillary really was touched by it i love that
2: Hmm. so cute yeah. i love that yeah after you know he he stands up for her um i mean he said oh he's white knighting," but you know he stands up for just like Hey, just stop it. Like don't say that to people, especially my friends. right. Mm-hmm. And then right. And then you know Hillary has like a nice little speech at the end about like you know, she needs to think spend more time with people with depth and maturity because <laughs> she realizes how immature Marissa really is. And I love that Jess still he does push for another date. Mm-hmm. or he doesn't he does ask for another date but he doesn't start pushing her like did you see what i did right. did you see what i did you owe me like, i did this
0: for you i did you all for give you give me yeah. a
2: date and i like that he understands
1: when hillary says if i said yes it would just be because i felt i owed you something and then yeah. jazz is like i can live with that <laughs> so it's like <laughs> like it's still gross but it's still like he yeah. he has grown as a person too yeah, like, has yeah. seen like how sweet she can be and that? Like, um, uh, he knew that she was only going out with him because of the the thing with Will, and he wasn't like mm-hmm. a- offended by it, and like it was just really sweet, like this whole episode, because like it
0: or taking advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, like, that, that, that's, exactly, yeah. exactly. because
1: yeah. it wasn't him who asked her to dance; it was Will saying, "Like Hillary, may, go dance with Jazz." And, like, right. like, he wasn't in an evil spot in this episode, which I really enjoyed. Because, like, again, it could have white knighted him and, like, made him this, like, Steve Urkel character. But it's never him who takes advantage of Hillary. And I like that. Yeah. hmm
0: So, people who are listening, especially your dudes, if you do something nice for a woman, that doesn't mean you're automatically going to be like, oh, I should give you everything. You should do things nice because <laughs> it's yeah, a good now, thing to I, do. Yeah.
2: Be a jazz. (laughs) Yeah. Women are not vending machines that you fill with quarters that are nice deeds until eventually sex comes out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I hate that. Like, it's so terrible. Like, because, like, um, (laughs) you could be friends with people of the opposite sex, but it becomes obvious when you're, you know, you're only doing it because you want to have sex with them. It's just like, ooh, get away. Like,
0: yeah. yeah. It's just, it's gross. And, like, People are people, and that's the thing that's mm-hmm. just, like, it it's, it. it's the most frustrating thing to me, and I don't get it, uh, but I just ask people, just do better.
1: Well, and, Be better, do better. And one of my things in this episode is that though Jazz calls Hillary beautiful, he also calls her, like, sweet and, like, intelligent and all these really good things that aren't just about her being pretty. I don't right. like that. Like, he he likes her for the fact that she... Like, because he's liked her since the first episode. But we find mm. out he likes her because he's gotten to know her as a person. Oh. I don't right. like that. Yeah. Be more like Jazz, I, people. <laughs> so.
0: Be more like Jazz. <laughs> be, be more and be less like Jazz. Yeah. Be, <laughs> be the good parts of Jazz. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs>
0: But yeah, that was this episode. I thought it was a really good episode. I thought
1: it was really sweet. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. It's it doesn't feel like a season finale just because of like how we're kind of in our brains connected to think of like a big season finale should just be like a big like oh just could be a status quo uh, quote changing thing like it's the Dallas ending. Every (laughs) season should be the Dallas ending, right? (laughs) Um, But I don't know. Like I I thought though for a show that. This obviously NBC knew, hey, we're gonna do more seasons. Like this is a a really good show, and I think people are are gravitating towards it. I think like for a show, it doesn't a lot to set up. And like I said, for this episode, you kind of set up the world a little bit more, and now you have kind of Hillary being like this free agent because she doesn't have her job at the art val art gallery anymore, and she doesn't work with Marissa anymore. I don't know. Like I thought it was. It's like an understated season finale, but I think it's also perfect for this season.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. It just felt really well in terms of like, oh yeah, like just giving people more humanity which I really liked. Mm. Like, I, I like the, we get this, like, cause this is not an episode that isn't about Will, really. Like, cause the, la- yeah. Like, yeah. the last bit about Will is like, when he insults Marissa, which was really, really funny. <laughs> like, <stuff laughs> that, like, we could have a good time without them. And she's like, oh, really? And he's like, psych. <laughs> Just acting like a total child to get back at her, which I really loved because like, she deserved it. But like, right. this episode hey, is you about- You date
2: children, you're going to get childish behavior. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, uh, and so some of my favorite things about this episode is, like, her parading him around in front of Cher like he's a, a trophy and, like, uh, Hillary and Jazz growing up, growing as people. Like, because I know in a past episode, like, we've commented about how Jazz is not the best actor, but in this mm-hmm. episode, mm-hmm. he really gets the shine. So. Yeah,
0: he's not bad in this episode. Mm-hmm. He's not bad in this episode. I, I think everybody, especially like I said, with Queen Latifah, and I want to reiterate it, like, I think everybody did a pretty good job, especially like, this is Will's, like, we now have 24 episodes of Will acting, which he has gotten leaps and bounds better, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and you kind of, like I said, just his charisma on this show, uh, and I guess we'll do like a, a actual, like a season like, end of and talk about it. But, like, his charisma on the show, like, you can see where he becomes, like, a big Hollywood star. Mm -hmm. Because he just has a very natural charisma. And he's just such a really good, like, he's a good actor. Um, And then, like I said, Queen Latifah, like, this is her first acting gig. And she doesn't seem, like, over the moment. She brings a good energy to, like, to her role. Like, I don't know. I, I, I thought this was a really good episode just across the board. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All maybe, right. It ended up being, yeah, a little, it had a little more heart to it than I was really expecting. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. All right. Uh, but that was our episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Diana, mm-hmm. uh, this is our time where you can plug anything that you would like to plug. Uh,
2: I guess I will plug my own podcast then uh, 302010. That's uh, 302010 podcast on Twitter or 302010.net. The words that time. Where you can hear what we're talking about From this exact week, 30 years ago 20 years ago, and 10 years ago So 1990, 2000, 2010 Let me think, what do we have coming up? Oh boy um, In in the next month or so We will have two of my favorite movies From three of my favorite filmmakers mm. uh, And I, oh, Let me just say it We're going to be talking about Miller's Crossing Probably my favorite Ooh. Coen Brothers movie And Goodfellas just in
0: 1990. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I'm so oh, excited. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think this episode will go out the same day as the Goodfellas episode. I think when I did the math, Ooh. I think this will be around the same time. I could mean, be completely wrong. I think this would be around the same time. But no, um, 302010 is requirement listening for me like oh, I, I love that show uh, and like I said as you guys know Diane on here I have been a fan of Diana's for wow well, 10 over 10 years 10 now years
3: uh-huh. on yeah podcasts. yeah
0: yeah I think yeah I think the talk sadar was <laughs> know, 2010 2011 yeah
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. it, it ends up being a fun show because we we end up yeah. with these like bizarre assortments of things that like we're forced to reevaluate or just watch the first mm. time like I never saw bring it on before And I loved it.
0: Right. Oh, that was so, I was, I'm just in my, I'm just like listening to it. No, I think when you did the tweet, I was like, I have so many notes I want to talk about because that (laughs) movie, because it's such a, it's such a just important movie, but like the cultural appropriation thing, I don't think a lot of people realize, like, it's a whole movie about like, oh, hey, no, like what they're doing is wrong to the point where somebody and I retweeted it because it got so mad. Somebody was like. Well, like, who's really the bad guy in Bring It On? <laughs> I was like, the fucking cheerleaders who stole the dance from the black ch- cheerleaders. Yeah. Like, how do you watch that movie and not be like, oh, no, those are the bad. Like, the people before them were the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh,
3: The mm, previous
2: cheer like, captain is a bad guy. The <laughs> choreographer they bring in who turns out to be selling the same routine all over town. Those are yeah. bad guys. Everyone yeah. else is a good guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I lo- like, and I love thirty twenty ten. It's one of my favorite sh- podcasts to
1: listen to. Um, whenever, uh, even with the episodes where I don't really have anything at stake in terms of what I like, uh, and mm-hmm. I hope that you guys talk about, I still like love listening to it. My like whenever we get to episodes where they cover like you t- where you guys cover u two albums, I'm like, I'm here <laughs> for it. <laughs> i supposed to be rushing in. Like I kind of want to be like whenever uh, they have, whenever you guys have Brent come on for, like, Star Star Trek stuff, I want to be that person for you, too. <laughs> Just, like, let me put on my hat with the playing card in it, and yep. I'll talk about anything, so. yep.
2: Well, uh, it's a little more than a year, I guess, till we get to Octung, baby, yeah. but I might want to make that a whole episode. That's one where it's like, <laughs> all right, everyone stand back, okay? I had three CDs, and this was one of them. I know it all. <laughs> so it I do- first, it starts in West Berlin.
0: And I do wanna I do wanna say I you do not know how happy I was when you guys were talking about the ending of Soul Food the television. And then all of a sudden I hear Huey Freeman talking about soul food. And I was like, yes, thank you. So Diana has been keeping alive my tradition of relating everything back to the boondocks and boondocks mm-hmm. talking about uh, black culture because oh. it's always great. Yep. Well, I
1: forgot to say it, but I was like, I was gonna say to TL when we were talking about ter- uh, when we were talking about the boondocks, I was gonna say, I hate you and I hate Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm blessed getting the ball and I hate you and I hate Jesus. <laughs> what I literally just watched that episode today. So I it's oh, always man. in my mind. I, I, I,
2: I don't know somewhere. if you noticed, when we talked about the boondocks pretty much ending in 2010. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we were going off about just how interesting a show it is. And it shows me things from another perspective I never thought about. We did not mention Uncle Ruckus. Because <laughs> no. as a white person, I like don't want to <laughs> say a damn thing. The I... most racist character in the history of anything. And I, I can't. Mm. <laughs>
0: uncle ruckus pff,
2: i am man not my face
0: <laughs> one of these days i'm going to get in my car and go to, to tell chris hey we just need to talk about the boot dogs because i <laughs> oh, definitely i definitely have thoughts about uncle ruckus i love that show and i love that you guys i love that you guys bring it up when you can and mm-hmm. i really do appreciate it like I, said, I appreciate the show and it's said it's weird to me because i've known like i I've no, I've now known Chris and Sarah, like, forever. So it's just, it's weird to me hearing that, but I've really enjoyed your guys' show, and you guys do such a great job. And I've always, I mean, really glad that you guys, to have you guys on here.
2: Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. That was uh, fun.
0: <laughs> uh, but you can also follow her at Listening Nerd. Yep. Um,
2: L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D.
0: Great follow on Twitter. Uh, Sonia. Anything that you like to promote?
1: Uh, just my Twitter, honey underscore child. I am talking probably about issues that affect Indigenous Canada. I am also like uh, trying to get Cole Cabana to be my boyfriend. So I'm gonna keep mentioning this. This is gonna be, be the running joke for the latter half of season one of this episode. So Cole Cabana, <laughs> or show. no, Vincent D'Onofrio, date me. <laughs> so both of them, please. Like I can, I can. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) You could both marry me.
0: (laughs) Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Travis L. Foster. Um, I'm probably tweeting something terrible. (laughs) I don't know what it is. It's just honestly bad. Um, uh, You can follow the show at patreon.com slash live from the pool house. If you give us $5, you'll get an episode early. Uh, We do thank you guys so much. And I guess by the time this has come out, we will have done something with Gemini Man. Um, <gasps> I got I got contacted by uh, by um, Sarah when she was watching Gemini Man. She was <laughs> like, "Hey, you guys should talk about this because young Will Smith in this movie, like he's young Will Smith." I'm like, "Well, okay, only if you do it." So yeah, Sam and Sarah, I, we're going to do something. It may just be like a review, like we're doing for this episode. Uh, But of Gemini Man. And you can listen to that on the Patreon. So patreon.com slash live from the pool house. Patreon.com slash laser time. If you want to give uh, the show that Diana does a little bit of money as well. Um, I think that is it. Uh, So for Diana, for Sonya, I am TL Foster. This has been live from the pool house. Don't get thrown out like jazz. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I would love to see them work together. That would be really strange, but... Okay, let me stop.